Welcome to Telling the Tale. My name is Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm joined today, as per always, with co-host Dustin Jackson. Mitchell, I'm ready to celebrate good times, come on, because uh, it's a very special episode this week. Uh, kind of. <laughs> what did we do this week, Dustin? We did CSI... Fatal Conspiracy, which is our last CSI Telltale game we ever have to play ever in our lives. I bet there will be another one. I don't know how. I don't know why. It seems wrong. Don't don't say that. (laughs) Don't you ever say that. I'm just thinking, like, how big of a show is The Expanse, you know? Right. Neo Telltale could grab CSI again. Why not? (laughs) Because... I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, let's talk about it. This game is CSI Fatal Conspiracy, released on the 26th of October, 2010. So we're uh, well pre-Walking Dead era Telltale still. We're around the same time, if not a little later, than uh, The Devil's Playhouse. Right, right, right. And... I think that yeah, this came out around the time of the Devil's Playhouse, and you get this. Yeah, well, okay, a little after, even. Uh, Ugh. So you're, I think you're, you're showing your hand a little bit, Dustin. How do you <laughs> feel about it? So, up until now, I felt like these CSI games get like a little better each time. I didn't really feel that this time. Like it wasn't the worst of them that we played, but. I kind of feel like the last one might have been, like, the best one, in quotes. I actually think Hard Evidence might have been the my my pick for the best one. Well, okay, it's tough because um, in the last one, Deadly Intent, the third of the four Telltale CSI games. Right. There was such a massive, in uh, like, piecewise improvement over the previous two games in terms of the, uh, the, the UI interactions how uh you know getting and using evidence works mm-hmm. uh all that stuff and then so so like we, we we viewed that as a massive improvement over the previous games regardless of any kind of story things going on just because that was our biggest problem with the game by far right uh in the past especially in the first game especially in the playstation 2 port of it that we played which um you know, I feel bad every time we talk about the first game because, like, it's it is better than we experienced it. <laughs> it's just I I don't know how much better. It just isn't what we experienced. I don't want to give that game any benefit of the doubt. I mean, the PS2 My- game, yeah, it, the game we played yeah. uh, really grinded our gears. We'll we'll say. But, yeah, remember the alley? Remember the alley, everyone? Yeah, they don't, <laughs> probably. <laughs> they probably don't, but we do. And it was not a good time. Uh, I'll never forget. So with the third one, Deadly Intent, there was like this massive UI overhaul. Things got easier to uh, test in the lab. It got easier to just to, like to get blood off something. We didn't have to do that uh trial of a thousand paper cuts with uh trying to get blood off of a knife anymore remember like in that first csi episode i I did that that classic bit where you were trying to uh we just did some role playing where i was the game and you were (laughs) trying to get blood off a knife and every tool you had was wrong yeah of course how could i possibly forget 
like they they simplified all of the evidence collecting tools into like four categories: collection, fluids, uh, fingerprints, and uh, casting, like plaster casting. And depending on the evidence, you just need to click one of those four things. And it's usually kind of obvious. I, I mean, we, we've definitely messed up, but like, I think a fair amount of messing up with clicking one of those categories, right? Where we picked right. the wrong, wrong category. It's okay to just, it's okay to get a puzzle wrong. It's just, it should make sense why you did it wrong. Um, right. And then once you press fingerprint, if it's a fingerprint, it'll take whatever specific fingerprinting tool is actually used in fiction and just pick it for you and use it for you. And that was just such an enormous quality of life increase that when we did the third CSI game, I think that we were forced to say, like, clearly it's better. But looking back, um, that one and this game, Fatal Conspiracy, both have much, much, much less exciting storylines than what the first two games were doing. The first two games were doing CSI, and they were, you know, pretty um, CSI about it. <laughs> but they, they right. had that telltale kind of storytelling where wacky things were happening. It wasn't Sam and Max, but it was... Yeah, it was Fuzzy and Bill. It was Fuzzy and Bill. Uh, where that kind of... Like, th- there were very silly kinds of things that could happen. Like, in, in Hard Evidence. Hard Evidence is the one where we had the Marty Party... Uh, in Boogie Feet band. Hand, hands down the best in any of these. Yeah, that's... And and there was that... Um, like, not even that funny, but there was that one case with the, uh, the, the lesbian couple that lived in a geodesic dome that uh, we... I just liked the architecture of a lot. Right. And there was the guy who, like, lived in the miniature golf windmill. Yeah, there was the guy that lived in the golf course... There was the there was like the uh, the uh, I think oil baron or something who was like <laughs> genetically modifying his own offspring via <laughs> his surrogate mothers. Uh, <laughs> like people were doing, people were up to shenanigans in hard yeah. evidence, and they really, really aren't nearly as much in these last two games. And I feel like this game especially calmed down even more like the most out of the four CSI games we played uh without it just felt the most grounded it was definitely the most grounded and it didn't continue the improvement off of the third game in terms of like the quality of life stuff it just yeah. kept like the ex- i think this is the most similar telltale game we've ever played to a previous telltale game um, Agreed. because deadly intent and fatal conspiracy have the same lab layout for interpreting all of the evidence <laughs> And like yeah. the whole evidence collection thing, uh, how it works, it, it's all, it, it is, this could have been, you know, uh, this, this, in another era, this could have been a DLC expansion, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like the whole, the stories are all different, but like the whole back end is there. Um, yeah. It's basically just exactly the same as the last game. Otherwise. Yeah. Um, so to, uh, inform our, our listeners, our playing process for these games, in case you haven't heard the earlier episodes, 
for CSI games only, we have a very special process by which we play these games, which is that uh, Dustin plays them (laughs) (laughs) over uh, Discord window, and I watch. Uh, pretty good deal and i'm i i'm so annoying to dustin i bet i think think about it am am i no only there were maybe like a couple times where i was like all right just let me handle this i'm in the driver's seat here yeah because so my style of like playing but not actually the one playing these csi games is dustin and i are talking all the time we're we're keeping an open communication so I'm right. saying things like, dude, have you checked the chair? Have you checked the chair? And sometimes, <laughs> and, and a lot of the time, if I can, you know, be be fair to myself, I am right. And you should check the chair. But other times, I'm sure that Dustin's like, dude, come, I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it's more just this one because I've, I've done all this whole song and dance before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know how how this works. I mean, I would have been wrong about some stuff too, but uh, part of it was also we were playing these pretty late. <laughs> you think I annoyed you more because it was late? I think yeah, that's I true. Was, I actually I was do a, buy that. I was a, well, also, it doesn't help that uh, our AC has been broken and it's been very hot. So uh, I, I was in a more annoyed place going into it than I would have been. So you had someone yelling in your ear to do things you were already going to do, and it was hot, and you were tired, and uh, you were playing with a Wii remote. (laughs) Yeah, I was playing CSI on the Wii. (laughs) Yeah, we did play the Wii version of this game for uh, for clarity's sake. We, I believe, it is the exact same as the PC game. Right, I would assume. Yeah, uh, the the only one that we really got a different game with was uh, uh, CSI Three Dimensions of Murder. That that was the first one, right? Yeah, where we played okay, it on the PS2 version, and the PS2 right. version was uh, very clearly a different game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I do totally agree with you that the stories in these are. We were discussing it when we were playing it last night. They're just not as interesting, not over the top, goofy, and that sucks. However, I feel like maybe if you were in the driver's seat playing these games you might appreciate the gameplay improvements a little more. In this game versus previous games, or just like in I'm these just last two the, games? These last two over the first two. You know, I, 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 I totally buy that. That sounds yeah. true. <laughs> when when you have to play all four of these, them making like any improvements to the gameplay is like the biggest godsend in the world. Yeah, so the I think the big thing that this game has going for it that none of the other csi games do is that um there is like a strong running storyline that exists in at least some part in all five cases yeah in fact in previous games they were called cases in this game they're called episodes probably just to get a little more brand synergy going on with the rest of telltale's output but I think right. also because it feels more like that. We're, we're getting like chapters of a larger story in this game. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you kind of get like some connecting tissue in the other Telltale games. But it's usually just like, okay, all these episodes are just standalone episodic. And then in the last one, we'll bring in some elements from the past stories. This one has like a thread going through 
yeah. every episode. Do you want to talk about Beatrice Salazar? Uh, we can. Do you want to? <laughs> Not really. Here's the thing, everybody. Okay. Since I since I was the one playing, Mitchell was the one who took notes, and because of that, I have <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that all of this is a lot fresher in his mind. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Uh, okay. So in the first episode, you are joined by this uh, this FBI guy named Agent Huntby. Who is uh, who is going to be a constant throughout the series of episodes, and Agent Huntby is saying like, "Hey, the thing you're doing, great, keep doing it. We want you to do it, but also it seems like it's related to this um, Beatrice Salazar thing, uh, and her name is uh, La Reina de la Comena, which is Spanish for Queen of the Hive. I apologize for my Spanish." Uh, pronunciation but she's she's like this uh like drug baron in right. las vegas that uh, the fbi has been trying to pin down for years and like she's living a public life you can talk to her anytime you can reach her but you, she's just been like it's one of those those mob situations where she is clearly the one in the wrong here she's clearly doing the crimes <laughs> we just cannot for some reason get her on it Right. Um, you, yeah. Yeah, she says, like, uh, hey, I got, like, everybody. I got politicians. I got uh, the police. Just everyone under my thumb. And it's great. Yeah. Um, and so through, the through like, the evolution of this side storyline in episode two, uh, you see Huntby being, I have in my notes, Huntby's a real pill in this one. He's a real pill. Uh, in episode three, Huntby gives gives you this statue that was somehow involved in uh, Beatrice Salazar-related crime. And it's got like a blood stain on it. And you try to analyze the blood stain. And then uh, it overcooks and it ruins the entire sample. And Huntby says like, wow, you just purposefully tried to sabotage this evidence. I'm telling FBI on you. And uh, mom, mom. It thankfully, it you aren't really that in trouble for it because everyone who is who everyone who you could possibly work with is there at the moment watching you do it, and everyone's saying <laughs> like, "No, you did it right. Something else happened." And it turned yeah, out that it was like a, a setup for Huntby put stuff on the statue after the fact that like it it would definitely ruin the sample, right. Um, yeah, so Huntby is actually like a dirty FBI agent. He seems to be working for, uh, for Salazar in episode four. Huntby's just gone. He's AWOL. You can't find him. And then you find out, um, that one of the characters involved in the case in episode four, uh, Will Rice, Guillermo Rice. Uh, Guillermo is his, his uh, official name, but he goes by Will. Uh, he is actually Beatrice Salazar's like secret son. And secret son, it's a secret son. And <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Some sort of a secret son? He he ends up trying to go find her, and then she kills him. Uh, she kills yeah. her own son. 
for reasons that are only sort of explained. Um, yeah, she wa- she didn't want him in this crime life, so she decided to kill him. Yeah, like her reasoning was, if he could be killed if he works with me, I should kill him so, <laughs> so he doesn't I'll have do to. <laughs> <laughs> what a baffling woman. Yeah, I think she says something about the cruel ways of mercy. <laughs> like that as an explanation for the thing. You are crazy. Uh so then episode 5 is all about actually tracking down Salazar and finally getting her. Right. Um uh, and then at the end of the game, spoiler spoiler alert here, Beatrice Salazar is uh involved in a uh, an escape during a prison transfer and they definitely set it up to like Oh, she's going to remember this. She's going to get you. And uh, <laughs> they don't. This is the last time she's ever seen. <laughs> uh, Telltale did not yeah, make another no CSI, CSI game CSI after that. After yeah. And uh, she didn't appear on the show or in a in a standalone other thing or spinoff or whatever. She's just not in it anymore. Do you think if. Uh, if Telltale did another CSI like you uh, prophesized. Uh, do you think they would continue off of this or just totally forget and who cares? It depends if John Drake is involved. In fact, I didn't read out credits. Uh, we should do that. Okay. Episode one, Flash Baked, uh, has the credit writer slash director, John Drake. Episode two, Planting Evidence, writer, Chris Barber, director, John Drake. Episode three, Tapped Out, Writer Jeff Lester, director John Drake. Episode 4, All Washed Up, writer Rihanna Pratchett, director John Drake. In episode 5, Boss Fight, uh, writer Ed Quaynell, and director John Drake. So John Drake directed all five of these episodes and wrote the first one. Good job, John Drake. Yeah, good John. I guess. Good John, job Drake. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, I don't know what John Drake's up to these days. Should we find out? (laughs) We can, I bet I could find out. Okay. John Drake Telltale. I bet this is going to be great. Um, well, I mean, we can just find out what he's doing now. Maybe. Right, no, yeah. Um, John Drake is the, uh... He heads up the design of our games, says Vivid Vision. Vivid Vision is a... Whoa, it's an eye... This is weird. This is... It's like a like an eye doctor... Eye health... Thing. Huh. Um, okay, so they make games for eye health. I, gotcha. I guess that's cool. Yeah, it's like like a VR helmet kind of thing. Huh, what... I, I guess that's a good thing to have out in the world. I don't think they would make a CSI game. <laughs> so that's... Yeah. You know, that's... It's so interesting to uh, follow up on where a Telltale employee is now because uh, they really did go everywhere. They're scattered to the winds. Yeah, I every now and then I'll be like looking into, and especially in the games industry, obviously. But I'll be looking into a uh, 
a, a new team, a, a new um, group of people making a game. And on their about page on their website, it'll say something like, yeah, and this person worked on The Wolf Among Us and Sam and Max for a long time. And now we have them and now they're doing eye exam stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he went on to become a, a real life Sasquatch. Yeah, <laughs> the Sasquatch about page has so many Nelson Tethers employees. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically the, the Beatrice Salazar story. There's a little more detail to it. But Dustin, what did you think about having that recurring story? Uh, I mean, I liked it. I, I like I wasn't like particularly invested in this story in particular, but I do like that they do something like this better than they had before, having it just carry throughout the whole series. And it ties into the story of some of the episodes, like uh, the lady that was looking into the whole thing. And like, yeah. you find out like her, her brother is like, I forget. <laughs> hmm. I don't even what, know what, what you're talking about. <laughs> it, wasn't it in the second to last one? The or what? It, it was like a a lady had like a laptop and she was like looking into the Salazar oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, well, yeah. So that was uh, that was Jessica Marnier, referred to as Jesse. Uh, she was looking into the Salazar thing for her boyfriend, Will Rice. Um, right. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of uh, like the background stuff. You, it, it's a secondary game you can play of like how connected are they to this or that. <coughs> Excuse me, I got wow, the Salazar sneeze. <laughs> got them Salazar sneezes. That's how she gets you. Um. Yeah. So that's that's Beatrice Salazar. Uh, I. I think that it's cool that they had a uniting story because I think we always said that that felt a little missing, especially in Deadly Intent, which I believe had no connection in the fifth episode to the other episodes. Um, right. But like the, the first two games, it was like one guy from episode one and one guy from episode three are having a fight in episode five. <laughs> I didn't know you guys knew each other. That's so fun. Yeah, I know you from episode three. <laughs> We're having a great time. Uh, and, and in this one, it is a much more thoughtful, cohesive thing. Uh, I think I would, I would, uh, I would wager that the production value on this game, the budget of this game, went down uh, between CSI three and four. Which is why the systems, the evidence stuff, like, that's all exactly the same. Right. Um, so the the whole the whole of the game is just, like, creating the new scenarios, voice acting, um, I mean, probably mocap acting, acting as well, and, um, like, environmental creation and writing. Which is not nothing. You know, that's a lot of work. That's a huge amount of work. Yeah. Um, but for like a game that is annual like this, Telltale was annualizing their CSI output. Um, I can I can see that being able to be done in such a small amount of time. They really did yeah. seem like they were getting a sequel, though. Yeah, they they it seemed like they really thought they were gonna. Yeah. 
So much for that. Well, earlier on in our, I think the very first time we talked about CSI on this podcast, we theorized that CSI was the thing they had to do on the way to what they wanted to do. Right. Um, and, and what they wanted to do, I, I think we were sort of uh, interpreting ourselves, was more along the lines of uh, Sam and Max and Strong Bad and, you know, eventually a Monkey Island uh, because they were the LucasArts spinoff team. That's what Telltale started as. Right. And I think at this point in 2010, like we're already after the Devil's Playhouse. Um, I think they are no longer. The, uh, CSI just probably wouldn't be the thing to actually be making you money in that scenario. Agreed. You would probably just do the thing you want to do and it would be fine. Yeah, it, it it's interesting because so this came out in 2010 mm-hmm. and The Walking Dead came out not long after. Yeah, 2012, yeah. During, yeah. At the same time as this game was uh, releasing, they were, I don't remember the exact years for each of these, but like it was uh, at least in development that uh, like the Back to the Future Jurassic Park ones were, were, were yeah. about to come out. So they were really on their way to the Walking Dead formula. Um, but this game still feels like it's 2006. Yeah. Because that's when the first <laughs> CSI game came out. And it's it's really, it did not make any efforts to fundamentally, other than like the UI overhaul and uh, the quality of life stuff we talked about, it did not make any efforts to fundamentally change what a CSI game is according to Telltale. Right, yeah. And... I, I guess that makes sense. Like, why fix what uh, isn't broken, I guess? Mm-hmm. Like, it worked fine for what it is? We're fine for what it is. Yeah, that's a good... You know what? That's some hype. That's probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said about these. Well, I think it's because the uh, the first two did not work nice for what they were. They yeah. They were on the road, <laughs> but like the last two, they work nice for what it is. And this one especially has a little cohesive story between them all. Um, I think for that reason, I do like this one more than Deadly Intent. Um, Yeah, I think I do too. Because Deadly Intent also didn't have very interesting stories. But at least this one kind of had that interesting uh, thread going through. Yeah, you know, that's we were talking about it as we were playing it. Where I think at one point you said, ooh, is that related to Salazar? And I thought, wow, Dustin... Does not have that thought normally. That during the, the playing of this game, he doesn't care about the he, characters. He it's crazy. Does not care. Yeah, uh, but I think you, if you just mention a character enough times, you're gonna be like, "Oh, I know that person." <laughs> it's also just a very fun name to say. Salazar. Yeah, it's the it's Slytherin's. It sounds first like name. Salad Bar. Salad Bar is another good reason it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Is there any... So, I guess we should talk about the individual episodes just very briefly. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have much to say about them, but uh, we should a little. Episode 1, Flash Baked. Remember this one? Yeah, the lady got uh, baked in the mud at the spa. Yep, uh, so uh, Pete Baja was running a spa, and uh, Portia, who works at the spa 
was in the in like the mud bath while the spa was on fire the mud just uh you know hardened and she was buried in it alive uh <laughs> you know what that is that's kind of like a classic hard evidence style telltale csi death i <laughs> i saw that and i thought wow that's extreme <laughs> yeah she's she's just coated in mud and she's really hard to get out yeah um so Pipaha did it he was guilty but uh before he could be uh brought in for justice reasons he killed himself on camera uh sort of as a message to the csi department about the um the effects of working for or with uh beatrice salazar because she wanted uh portia dead so he had to do it and he didn't want to do it but he had to so he killed himself in guilt that is episode one yeah i I, that is it in a nutshell i don't even have anything left when you're on your fourth csi game yeah I, I think you're just... I have no more love to give. Well, okay. So, fourth CSI game really buries the lead here. Episode yeah. one was our 16th CSI case. Yeah. That's that's how far in we are, you know? Uh, so, our 17th, episode two, was called Planting Evidence. Remember this one? I remember this one with the, the eco-terrorist and the... the construction worker was pushed onto the cacti's right we only played it two nights ago but it is a little fuzzy (laughs) uh, to me you're right there was a there was a a construction like foreman person who was pushed out of a building after trying to make it look like he killed himself but it's csi he didn't kill himself it was a murder uh his name was mark ensign and yeah. uh, of course, the construction company had ties to Beatrice Salazar. Of course, of course. Um. So Todd Stewart, uh, was the like eco terrorist guy, and they they do the weirdest stuff. Like they make him seem like such a he's always in the right until the very moment you find out it was him and it's like then he turns around has a completely different life philosophy all of a sudden <laughs> uh because they make him seem like just an environmentalist who just was doing some they just uh, make him seem like a cool guy he was just doing some planting yeah yeah um he todd stewart is probably the lamest name i've ever heard in my <laughs> life yeah, there's there's a moment when you uh, when you like press the evidence on him at the end, where uh, he's like, "Dude, I'm I'm like an environmentalist activist, yeah, but that just means I'm gonna plant plants in people's gardens, you know? I'm not gonna push people off buildings. That's a crazy jump to make." And then you like have one more piece of evidence, and then he just goes, "The path of the righteous is paved with the blood <laughs> of the innocent man standing in the way." Like, okay, Todd Stewart, <laughs> where'd this come from? <laughs> oh, man, Todd, you're showing us a whole other side of yourself. This is a constant, I think, amongst all four of the CSI games where it's like they they have progressive politics, sort of, but they're also like based in this early 2000s 
like immediate post 9-11 filter of like anti-hippie, anti-looking liberal about things. So if someone's right. if someone's an environmentalist and they're like pushing too hard, that's an eco-terrorist. <laughs> Man, yeah, they boy they sure make them out to and the thing is they always are right yeah well because the same people are writing them right yes exactly (laughs) they're correct because john drake is both the detectives and the perpetrators and the victims so (laughs) uh then i it might be john drake's feelings on things it might be the individual writer of the episode i don't want to you know we we can't know that but right. uh, it does feel like there's a connective tissue <laughs> between all these where it's it's they're just really anti hippie lifestyle, whatever hippie means to like an old person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, keep in mind, this is this game came out 13 years ago now. It's no longer contemporary, but it's still that's still like pretty late for. Yeah. That. Yeah. Because I think the tone that tone was established, and it was probably established in the show first, right? Which started, I think, in like two thousand one. So you get that immediate post nine eleven feeling. Yeah, get these hippies out of here. Yeah, and and also, you know, the whole time you're playing as a cop, you got to reconcile that that that's going to affect the politics of how the story is portrayed to you. Right. Uh, episode three is tapped out. Do you remember this one? I do remember this one. This, I uh, think, might be my favorite one. My favorite story of the five. Oh, how come? Just found it a little more interesting than the others? Yeah, I just I just thought it was a little more interesting. The victim is Mary Marst, who's sort of a, a, a local business celebrity. Uh, but she had third-degree burns, like, a year ago. She was From a car accident. From a, from a, yeah, a car wreck. She was in a burning car. And uh, she really has no ability to talk or mobility of her body. And you come in to find her. uh, She was reported dead by her. I think her nurse was the reporter. And uh, she was dead with, I I think, a very interesting cause of death, which is that she had this morphine drip that she could press a button and get more morphine out of it whenever she wanted but if she pressed it too much, there would be this regulator that like wouldn't allow that much morphine to go through because it would kill her. So the morphine regulator would just say, hey, druggie, that's a lot of morphine. Uh, and, <laughs> cut and it out. Cut it out. Uh, but the regulator itself was smashed. So as she was tapping, she would just kill herself. Um, and, and you go back and forth between knowing like, well, did she do it on purpose or did the the person who smashed it like press the button a bunch for her and uh, you find out at the end that like oh it was just like a really really cruel death the person smashed it and then put it in her hand and made her push it yeah. um so that that was rude uh but this, yeah that's not very cool i think <laughs> but this whole family's got like an interesting drama kind of thing an interesting you know in context um <laughs> And you find out that uh, if you look at the reports from the machine, the machine keeps a history of when the morphine drip is pressed. She's spelling stuff out in Morse code um, as 
she's being killed. So she's yeah, like would... telling anyone who looks at it what happened. Right. That is interesting. I'll 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 cop to that. Uh she also uses the Morse code to speak with her uh, stepbrother who uh she was very close with. Yeah, uh, and it was the stepbrother's real sister, biological sister, who did it uh, because she was jealous that her brother had a, a different sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As someone who myself has multiple sisters, and I know you you do as well. Yeah. Um, seems kind of silly. Yeah, <laughs> seems I hope silly. I don't. I hope I don't get killed by a sister. No, your sister would kill the other sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be almost as bad. Almost, yeah. <laughs> from my perspective, well, from my perspective after the fact, it would be worse. But from my perspective <laughs> before the fact, it would be less worse. Right. That's how if death I'm works. Still, yeah, if I'm still alive, then I would consider someone else dying a little worse than me dying. For me. Mm-hmm. Um... Episode four, all washed up. Uh, all washed up. Jessica Marnier was found uh, overdosed on a speedball cocktail of cocaine and morphine in a car wash. <laughs> yeah, what a yeah. It... That that's the thing. All of these murders are just pretty grounded, like we said. Like just being murdered in a car wash. There's no fuzzy and Bill story for that. Yeah, uh, this is sort of like the the preamble to the big, uh, you know, episode five, Salazar is the main point episode. So in this one, um, it was Manuel Molina's who works for Salazar, we find out, who drugged Jessica on purpose uh, in order for her to get her to stop pushing will rice who is actually salazar's son to finding out who his mother was right um yeah this i did think this one was pretty interesting since like right when we think it's over you find out that her son was killed yeah you you, yeah. you, you kind of get some twists and turns yeah at the very end of this episode it's like a cliffhanger thing you um you find Will Rice's body, like, oh, he died too? And then there's this, uh, I, like, a voicemail directly from Beatrice Salazar. She's playing with fire, where she's like, you guys made me kill my son. <laughs> don't you feel so bad now? And I don't. I don't feel bad. I mean, I feel sad, because that's sad. I don't feel guilty. That's you, yeah. Beatrice. Yeah, you did not. You could have, like, talked to him. Um... Yeah, and there's also like a weird love triangle going on between Jessica, Will, and uh, their roommate Veronica is involved. Right. Yeah. There was a moment I wanted to point out uh, where you go okay. to Manny's like trailer that he lives in. Yeah. And just that that environment outside, it has this uh, very Sam and Maxi to me like sky gradient where the the horizon is orange and the sky is dark blue and purple um yeah. that that's just such a specific telltale environment to me that i it, i i just i like it when the telltale shines through you know shines through the csi hard coding yeah yeah 
There's some things yeah, that are I, just definitely... Oh, yeah, that's a telltale right there. Yeah, and, and it's not often, but sometimes you get that uh, little familiar thing you can grasp onto. Uh, and finally, we've got episode five, Boss Fight. And I know you remember this one. That's true. Uh, you find out that... Uh, what's his name from the last episode? Uh, Manuel Molinez. Yep. I remember because it's a very specific name. He died. He was killed in prison. He So he's the one who did it in the last episode, but now he's been killed in prison. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the, it, the whole time, uh, Agent Huntby from the FBI has been impossible to find. Yeah. Hasn't he been missing since the last episode? He's He gave you that statue, and then he was right, never seen again. Right. And that was in yeah. episode three. Yeah. Yeah. What a dick. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he was really rude. <laughs> um, in in this one, you find out that Sergeant Lip, the police officer, <laughs> being put on guard for Manny at the uh, at the at the prison, he um, is a dirty cop working for Salazar because his wife's husband is agent huntby so like his whole family's involved if he didn't do what they said um the 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 wife and kids would be killed did you just say that his wife's husband is ancient huntby yeah his his wife's husband oh his 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 sister's his sister's husband his sister's husband yeah yeah, no, you, you, you I needed to say that wrong, and you tell it to me twice in order for me to see what was wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, at first I was confused. I was like, did I really miss something in this episode? No, it, he's just brothers-in-law, like a normal one. Right, With Agent yeah. Huntby. Um, <laughs> Huntby turns up dead, stung by a thousand bees. <laughs> I forget. So it... it Boy, it's not funny in the episode, but when you say it out loud like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stung to death by a thousand bees. And because of the specific kind of honey that was manually filled into his stomach. <laughs> you get that the, they uh, just took out entirely. You can identify the specific apiary those bees must have come from. Where you go and eventually find Salazar, arrest her. She makes some ominous threats about coming back for you later and then escapes and uh sequel never comes never back. comes <laughs> yeah yeah that is all five episodes of csi fatal conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> did it take you a second it did i was gonna say deadly intent yeah i every single time that's the one i say uh yeah i love how we were able to talk about all five of these in like 40 minutes because Boy, there's not a whole lot to them. Yeah, it took much longer to play them. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it took about two hours a case. So that's about ten hours uh, that we played. I I can't tell you how glad I am that we're done. Yeah, you know, it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> it's a good feeling. We got everything, like, going forward at least has, like... I, I don't want to say they're good without playing them but none of them are considered like absolute shit shows none of them are like oh wait no never mind we still have law and order we don't we have okay i think it's unfair to say law and order is known to be a shit show when no one knows what it is 
<laughs> right. The the former Telltale multiple people, multiple more than more than two of them, even three. I'll say about about <laughs> three uh, former Telltale employees I have talked to about the catalog of Telltale. All of them have been like, "Oh yeah, uh, I guess we did make a Law and Order game, huh?" I I wasn't on that one, but you know that team was pretty isolated. That's the <laughs> I don't know what it maybe it was great. <laughs> right. The the only piece of feedback I have on it is uh, I brought it up before but uh Triple Jump on YouTube did a list of they just ranked every Telltale game mm-hmm. ever made and they had it pretty low, but they also had other games I would consider not that good to be pretty up pretty high and some I thought were good to be pretty low. So I I don't know what to believe with them. I got to do it for myself. Yeah, the thing with Law and Order is that um, I've I have seen like maybe two episodes of the show over a twenty year period. Uh, so <laughs> I have a I have kind of a memory of like what that show is. I don't remember it being nearly as like evidence collecty as CSI, right? So I don't know if it's the same formula. I don't know if it's the same formula as this, or if it's more like just a classic, uh, you know, more Sam and Maxi style point and click. Could be something. Could be something like uh, Phoenix Wright. It's court. Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> okay. I doubt that, but that would be interesting. Yeah, that, that's true. It would be interesting. Uh, because we have a little extra time on our podcast, and we're. Uh, you know, we're we're able to spend the time. Why don't we go over real quick for the folks at home what we've got on the docket going forward? Well, why don't we? Do you want to do our segments first before we move on? Yes, from CSI. Yes. No, you're right. I forget we do that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Golden moment. <laughs> you got one. I I do have one, but I want you to do yours first. Okay. So uh, there's a moment in episode, I believe. Four, all washed okay. up. Oh my god! I hope it's not the same one. Is it? This, I bet it is. I bet it is. Okay, okay. say what it is. There's a flashback cinematic sequence. <laughs> is it? <laughs> okay. It, it, it boy, it sure is going down that road. Yeah, there's a flashback cinematic where uh, Veronica, <laughs> uh, who is the friend of the deceased, the roommate of the deceased. Uh, had earlier told you that she never gets in a fight with Jesse. You found <laughs> yeah. some evidence she got in a fight with Jesse, obviously. Everyone lies about everything all the time. And uh, <laughs> the cutscene of her yelling at Jesse is so funny. She opens her mouth the size of her head <laughs> to yell at her. And she extends her neck. She looks like she's squawking right in her face like a bird. It on it, her neck feels like uh, <laughs> it's like Charizard on the cover of Red Version, just just all out there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like her her mouth opens so big. Big. I'm just thinking, like, dude, she could eat Jesse right here. Yeah, if she wanted, she could just put an end to this right now. <laughs> you look like a pelican trying to like get a fish down. That <laughs> well, well, what what really sold it for me was so for her mouth animation. Yeah, it didn't look like she was like lip syncing any words or anything. It looked like she was just squawking, going like ah. ah, ah. <laughs> 
yeah yeah when they were animating it they forgot to like make her say words so <laughs> she goes, ah, ah, ah. oh my god you know what and then I it think ends with her might... getting like lightly slapped by jesse and she ragdolls out of the frame you know what i think that might be my golden moment for any cs for the all of csi <laughs> no i dude i like marty party so much uh, that's well i that's not a golden moment though that's uh, that was definitely like, our golden moment for that episode right but what i'm saying is i like as characters i love marty party and boogie feet and the like but like as a scenario that you're watching oh watching i mean the the, the 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 uh the electricity though that that was funny. They were all bare feet, and they were all hugging each other, and then they were zapped. <laughs> it was uh, it was a great animation. Mitchell, I totally agree with you. That's great, but I just cannot put it. I I have to give it to <laughs> Veronica Carver squawking at the at, at yeah. Jessica Mornier, like threatening to. <laughs> she, she's like an animal trying to get her to back off. Yeah. Uh, did you? Oh my god. <laughs> uh andrew your roommate andrew who's been on the show to talk about the finale of walking dead season two i think it was yeah um he watched a lot of these with us he was like i guess sitting with you yeah he was well because we use his laptop to stream it over discord for you to watch so he he was uh watching while we were doing it yeah thank you for the contribution to the show again andrew uh special thanks go out to you yeah, that's how it's been all four of these. So, uh, thanks a lot. Did he see that moment? I I think so. he has to have been there. Okay. <laughs> I think I think I was just so taken in, like they grasped <laughs> me so much that I just blocked out anything around me. <laughs> it's I'm just I'm replaying it in my mind. It's so good. Uh, who's your weekly guy? You know what? It's hard for me to pick pick a weekly guy just because these stories, like you said, are a lot less interesting than the earlier ones, uh, squawking aside. Uh, So I gave it to the one guy I feel like, even though I was complaining about him a lot, it's the one guy I talked about the most, and that's Doc Robbins. I gave it to Robbins, too. Oh, we're it's so in sync. Almost gave it to Brass, episode. but I I gave it to Robbins. I think I I think I, I gave it to Brass before. Yeah, I I want to say Brass is like probably the best character like overall, just because he he has some zingers in him. Brass but almost gave... a little bit makes me want to watch the show a little bit, not like enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Yeah. But uh, Doc but Robbins. Doc Robbins. In this one. Yeah. You he he's a little spicy. He has some. Uh, I I I gave it to him mostly because in the last episode, he's he's really dealing with some shit. He has his car stolen. Yeah. So the Salazar people, uh, when they kill Agent Huntby using bees, they uh, <laughs> they dump Salazar's body in Doc Robin's stolen van and then drive the van to the morgue and drop it off at the morgue themselves. <laughs> uh and robbins is so upset about this that when uh he finds out that the specific person who ended up taking the the van died his reaction's like good <laughs> good yeah I, I hope they rot in hell uh now 
he would easily be the weekly guy instead of just barely being the weekly guy, I think, if he didn't have a very specific problem <laughs> on his face that we always point out. <laughs> it It's so funny, and it's so... They just decided, uh, you know, around Doc Robinson, not Robinson, Doc Robin's mouth, we're just going to make it kind of green. Yeah, it's like a little, like, yellowish green, and... Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It just makes it look like he, like, threw up a little bit earlier and hasn't washed it off yet, but it's there every single time. Yeah, I, I get the feeling, and I have looked it up, I've seen the the real character in the show, Doc Robin's. He's right. he does have a beard that's like it's gray, but it's got some like blonde in it. Um, right. W- and this is what they're trying to capture in the let's just say <laughs> the art style's not up to it. Yeah. Um, they it, decided green would work. He really it, the, his whole aesthetic just collapses into diaper face, <laughs> and we we don't love that for him. But he was he was doing some good stuff in the last episode. Yeah, and, and like. Well, that's he's not like the most amazing one, but I feel like I I feel like it just gives him a little more than everyone else. Just just everything else is just kind of plain. Yeah, I I almost gave it to I I mean, I said brass, but it could have been uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, Dr. Langston, who was your partner in the last episode. Uh, It could have been your partner in episode four. Four, which is Catherine. I thought Catherine had some good zingers in this one. She she has a very She's pretty fun funny. Voice. I like, I yeah, I like the way she talks. Yeah, uh, she. I think she's like the constant through. I want to say she's in all four. That sounds right. It's been so long, and I remembered so little, but it that sounds right. Yeah, I think Nick. We had Sarah Seidel at the beginning. Yeah, Sarah Seidel is back. She left the show for a while, and I, I want to say she was in the first Telltale CSI game, uh, and then not the middle ones, but now she's back. She's back, baby. But she was she was back, but like a complete nothing character, really, in this. Yeah. I get the feeling she was... It's almost like was, you didn't bring her back. She was beliked in the show, but I don't know if she was... Uh, if that really translated to the game. Right. Uh, Nick was also our partner in one of these and he wasn't too bad uh i think he might have also been in all four of them right that yeah that's you know what you could tell me any one of these has been in all four and i'd probably believe you uh nick nick or greg uh, i i believe that's possible uh brass is definitely in all four robbins is definitely in all four i i feel like the diaper face increases as it goes Oh yeah, I mean in, in the uh, in the first it, one we played, too... especially because we played the PS2 version. Um, yeah, details a little low. Yeah, the details a little low. The 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 diaper face isn't. Um, it's not there enough bar- to be a problem. Yeah, I could barely even tell he had facial hair until like the third one. The third one really diapered up his face for sure. It there was a improvement <laughs> in how diapered he was. <laughs> they decided we're gonna take some liberties with old doc robbins yeah and aesthetically um this game and the last game are basically the same yeah very very little uh changes between these two which i guess is fine since like i said it did improve the ui and actually playing it so at least it didn't get worse. Yeah, and we are playing. Uh, we we have played all uh, the th- 
the later three CSI games, Hard Evidence, Deadly Intent, and Fatal Conspiracy. We, we played all those on the Wii. Um, so, you know, there's not going to be a massive graphical improvement on the same console. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. That's, I believe, CSI Fatal Conspiracy, unless you got anything else you want to talk about. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Putting a bed to Beatrice Salazar and her classic Game of Thrones slash Bone slash Fatal Conspiracy style Telltale uh, <laughs> cliffhanger that they should not have left a cliffhanger because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we ain't getting it yeah so that's that's that game and that's the csi series as a whole wrapped up Woo! i am you know i'm i'm glad to have this experience playing these games with you uh genuinely i'm not i'm not trying to be sardonic at all here i i do think that we've got a fairly unique sense of how detective video games can and can't work now Right, yeah, I I never would have considered playing these ever if it weren't for this show. Oh yeah, I mean, even for even for this show, I was kind of on the fence. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I first brought you on, uh, you were like, "Oh yeah, I'll do the Sam and Max ones for sure," and I was like, "Well, if I just keep talking about next episode, maybe he will forget that he wasn't here for the whole thing, <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll actually have to play a CSI game at some point." <laughs> It's like, I, I guess I agreed to be on forever. <laughs> yeah, it happened. You're too close yeah, to the end I, now. <laughs> that's true. Uh, uh, I could just leave, but I won't. That would suck. That would be shitty to be like, yeah, I played like most of them, but I think I'm good. Um, Yeah, I mean, you really could do that. It's <laughs> It's up to you. I just like knowing I have the choice. Yeah, you're 104 episodes in to telltale's 140 episode library so yeah i do think it would be a weird time to stop <laughs> i guess it could be weirder like stopping before like the last like one or two seasons uh but no i yeah. was thinking i was thinking about it this morning just how uh like it's rare to say i've played like every game by a studio i think i that's never been the case for me before yeah I, if it has been the case for me it's been a case where it's like really um just a small output like an indie developer who's only made like right two yeah or three i've done those but yeah I, ju I just mean like uh studios that have like a big catalog mm -hmm. um okay there was some news that we should cover Woo! Uh, for The Expanse. The media right. has gotten it. They seem very positive. That's good. Yeah, they, I, they've all played uh, only the first episode. And I don't remember if we said this on the last episode we had because it was two weeks ago. Um, but we got a, we got a firm release date. I think we did talk right. about it. Maybe we, I think we talked about it. Uh, just in case we didn't, it's next month, July 27th. That's only about a month and a half away. Uh, that's when episode one's coming out. And right. every two weeks after that is going to be a, a, a new episode. So they, they're um, bi-weekly. Bi-weekly is every two weeks, not twice a week, right? 
Right. I get those. It's every up. other week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's bi-weekly. Um, and they also announced DLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So there's the standard edition, which is $40 American. And the deluxe edition, which is $45 American. This is probably the smallest price jump I've ever seen between a standard and deluxe <laughs> edition. Um, and if you pre-order... Okay, so pre-orders go live. They're live now. Pre-orders are live now. Um, and if you pre-order, you'll receive 24-hour early access. So you get them a day in advance. That actually might be helpful for the for the podcast. I don't know. Um, it depends on our schedule. Uh, twenty four yeah. hour early access, and um, players who purchase the deluxe edition will receive future DLC. And I'm reading from their press release here right now. Wait, there's going to be DLC? You heard right. What? You'll just have to wait a little longer for more details here. Before closing this out, there's. One more thing we need to say to you all. Thank you. Okay, no, I don't need to read that bit. Um, so, okay. It Also, here's another important thing in this press release that we've been talking a little bit. We were talking about, like, how is The Expanse a considerably well-known enough franchise for people to jump in? Telltale says, <clears throat> not familiar with The Expanse? That's fine. This game is set prior to the events of the critically acclaimed and award-winning television series. Play- oh my god, what a what a weight off my chest. Players take on the role of Kamina Drummer, played by actress Kara Gee in both the game and the show, which is the XO operating... XO is, I think, just Captain. Replace that in your mind with Captain. Of a scavenger crew on the hunt... For a mysterious treasure on the edges of the asteroid belt. Ooh. Okay, so... Right. Uh, They didn't say what the DLC is. I bet it's another episode. I bet it's one more episode. Well, that's what the deluxe version is. It gets you another episode. So this doesn't say that. This just says the deluxe edition gets you the DLC. And then it says, what's the DLC? You'll have to wait longer to find out. Okay. Um, but yeah, I might. So I might be. I, maybe okay. I believe. I believe my roommate Adam told me it was just an, another episode, but I never followed up on it. Okay, so I was reading an older one on the first of this month, which was definitely after the last episode. So this is for sure new information uh, in terms of this podcast. The deluxe edition includes future DLC in the form of one additional episode that we'll share more info on at a later date. I bet that's like. 400 days right just like a little bonus yeah like like a longer episode than normal but it's a different format or something okay right so wait so okay so five episodes are 40 dollars which does math down to eight dollars an episode right and then for five more dollars you get another episode so this one's worse (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this one's three dollars worse <laughs> interesting interesting <laughs> yeah okay so yeah uh you know i don't i i don't 
love pre-ordering games, but I, I might pre-order for this. Get that get that deluxe just sorted out on my uh Right. Should I do PlayStation or Xbox? Who's to say? I don't want to deliberate who, who that on the podcast. <laughs> That's not exciting. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see. But for the podcast, the next game we're going to be playing, I'm looking at our list here, Dustin. Uh, yes, yes. Is Batman the Telltale series. I'm excited for it. I hear great things. Yeah. So everything that we have left, we have Batman, the first season of Batman. Third season of Walking Dead, Guardians of the Galaxy, Law and Order, Minecraft Season 2, Batman Season 2, and Walking Dead Season 4. That is so few. It's 36 episodes. Right, that's barely anything. Barely anything at all. I think we're going to do it. Yeah, I. You know what? Now that we're here, maybe we should do the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm hoping that we get there. Um, <laughs> we'll see. So yeah, we're we're getting really close, and we're gonna jump into Batman. I I uh, it's the first one in a while that I've actually played before we cover it on the podcast. Ooh. Yeah, I've I've never touched it before. I've I've only heard that people liked it. Yeah, I'm about from like seven years ago three episodes into batman so okay so you you still didn't finish it and it's been a while since you did play yeah and i might make different choices that's the deal with these games might make a might make a different choice but just to wet your whistle a little bit i think catwoman's in this one (laughs) i think the penguins in this one (laughs) oh not the penguins yeah so with that in mind have a great summer Have a great summer, literally, now that it's going to be summer soon.